here with uh, Rob Garcia of Elite Paranormal at the Kansas City Paracon. Hi, Rob. Thanks Hi for joining me. Thank you. <laughs> so you're going to be at Monstrosity. That's correct. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Could you tell us a little bit about Elite Paranormal? Yes, Elite Paranormal of Kansas City is a paranormal investigation organization that was formed in 2006 after we were in a group called Kansas City Paranormal Research. Uh, we've been investigating ever since then, probably about 12 to 25 investigations per year. Currently we're averaging about 12 due to children and such things as that, but uh, that's kind of where we are. We, we do a lot of historical locations and we do some private residences. And from hearing you talk today, it sounded like you kind of traveled all over. Yeah, I do do stuff nationally as well. You know, as as the schedule allows, we'll get out and, and go to different locations if we can. Yeah, that's awesome. What's your favorite place around here? Probably my favorite place to investigate around here is, well, it's kind of a two. It's the John Warnell House in Kansas City, Missouri, and the Alexander Majors House in Kansas City, Missouri, which both kind of sit right along the state line along the border with Kansas. Awesome. Could, do you have, could you tell us a little background about? Yeah, the John Warnell House is a family home. It's an antebellum home that predates the Civil War. The Warnells were southerners from Kentucky who moved to this region when it was still very rural and bought a bunch of land and had a large farm, almost like plantation, right, right there on the Kansas border. Um, the home itself was a epicenter of the Battle of Westport, which was called the Gettysburg of the West. It happened in October of 1864 here in the Kansas City metro and it, in what is now modern Kansas City, Missouri. The city's grown up over the top of the battlefield, but at that time the Warnell House was occupied by the Confederate forces and used as a field hospital for surgeries for Confederate soldiers. And then it was they were pushed out of there, and then it was occupied by the Union Army, who killed all the Confederate wounded and brought their own wounded in to be, to be treated. And so the house has a big combination of family spirits as well as soldier-type spirit energies inside of it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Uh, did you, have you captured anything there? Um, well, we've investigated the location probably going on 40 sometimes, so because we do do their public events in the October months, so we do have a lot of time there. So yes, I've captured a lot of EVPs in that location, all the way from children to known family members to soldiers, you, you name it. It just runs the gamut. You never know what you're going to capture there. Yeah. And sometimes it can be very quiet and, and not much happens at all. You also said that you investigate homes of people who call you. Yes, I do do a sprinkling of um, private resident investigations if I think that they're warranted. Um, now when I was junior in my career at doing this, I would pretty much run to them all, but now I have kind of learned over the years how to kind of evaluate each case and I always have to get the people because I feel it's 50-50 deal if I'm going to come investigate your home. You have to bring me a certain amount of things before I'll come investigate. So I'm going to want to interview you. I'm going to want a full spread photographs of your home, what it looks like. I kind of want to, I'm going to ask personal questions, but I have to know this stuff before I'll bring my investigators out to a residence. We had a listener... I haven't been able to ask an actual investigator this. We had a listener ask us 
if an investigator has a duty to contact police if they believe that, like, the family or somebody might be in danger? I'll say this as a father. I'll say that if I feel that there are children in danger in a place, yes, I feel that's my duty. Okay, good to know. But I feel that in my preliminary research into the home before I ever show up, that I'm going to discover those things before I'll ever set foot on the property. If, if I do my due diligence in my, in my interviewing and questioning. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, let's just put an example. I won't come to somebody's house if I see that they're a hoarder. Uh-huh. Or that kind mm-hmm. of situation. Or that they're living in uh, dilapidated conditions. Mm-hmm. Which is something I've learned over the years of doing this, that uh, you don't want to put yourself out there. And I don't want to put my people out there in that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we met some people in Alton that talked to us about that, how you have to do screenings, because sometimes you might show up and, like, the people are not mentally stable, right. so that's actually what's going on. Well, or like There's more danger in the paranormal from the living than there is the dead, let's yeah. just put it that way. Interesting. Cool. So, let's talk a little bit about monstrosity. Well, I think this is the first monstrosity they've done. Oh, so, is it? Okay, So, yeah, cool. this will be the first one that they're doing. Um... I am going to speak there because I am friends with the folks putting it on. Uh, I've known them for years, especially with Stephen Lachance. Uh, worked with and known for, for many years. Um, now, he's not really doing the investigative part anymore, but his former group is. So uh, I'm going to investigate, or I'm going to help investigate at night, but I'm also going to do my presentation there as well, you know, as, as a friendship token to them. Yeah, cool. Okay, so as I, I mentioned earlier, we usually end our podcast with a, with a ghost story. Would you have something to share with us? Yeah, I'll, I'll share this story. Um, this is not about me. This is about my grandfather. Um, my grandfather was, that side of the family is Pawpaw French, which is south, southeast Missouri French. They lived in down in uh, around Cape Girardeau area of Missouri. And this was probably about 1915. And he was riding his horse, and it was still very rural back then. He was riding his horse through the woods, and he came up into a clearing, and he swore to me that he saw this giant white woman that was completely sheet white moving through the woods, and she was about 12 feet tall. And when he got to the clearing and his horse spotted this figure, the horse spun. Actually, my grandfather said he didn't see it. He didn't see it till the horse bolted and spun and started to run back to their farm and when he turned so when the horse is turning he's looking into the clearing and he sees this woman moving almost like in a floating gesture through the woods and the horse bolted and he could not rein in the horse he just had to hold on to the horse's neck all the way back to like 15 miles back to the barn wow and he never saw it again that's cool (laughs) we've had some some really cool uh Stories on our podcast, but I love the full body apparitions. Those are some of my favorites. And he swears to it. Well, yeah. he's been dead since 1986, but he swore to it mm-hmm. back then. So, <laughs> where where you said this was near Cape Girardeau? It's down, you know, down out, down around Ironton, that type okay. of part of Missouri. So down around there. That's you know. near where Adams from. So. Yeah, down in the woods. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, we'll see you at Monstrosity. Yeah, I'll see you there. Cool. All right. Thank <laughs> you.